Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 9 as we continue learning about how God shall persuade Japheth, Noah's son, who went the furthest around the world and how God died to save all the world and wants to reach them today. Now, today starts the Summer Blitz. Tom Cantor is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, and we have 110 missionaries going out to 14 U.S. and Canadian cities to reach Jewish people with the gospel. Now, we've got materials from Tom Cantor, his life story on DVD, his written testimony, and 34 frequently asked questions by Jewish people, and 194 prophecy and fulfillments. All these materials that are going out as gifts to the Jewish people. Now, if you'd like to support Jewish evangelism with a donation of $40 or more to Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program, we'll send you Tom Cantor's DVD and his combination book of his testimony, Frequently Asked Questions, and Prophecy and Fulfillments for, again, a donation of $40 or more. So call us at 800 247 3051 to get these materials for a donation of $40 or more and support Jewish evangelism. Again, 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org to support this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism outreach ministry, friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, and Friendship with God, teaching us about the death of Abraham and how he was gathered unto his people. Father, we come to you, Lord, with our eyes and our ears and our hearts, Lord. Open our eyes. Open our eyes to see the Lord Jesus. Open our ears to hear his voice. Open our heart to receive him, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, let's see here. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 27. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. That's it. Tom's going to enlarge on this verse today. (laughs) But anyway, last week we looked at this first prophecy here about Japheth. Very, very important. God shall enlarge Japheth. And we saw last time we were together that the word enlarge here, or patah, which is translated in every other time of the 28 times which is used in Scripture, and it's translated with the meaning of to have an influence on or persuade, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, deceit, flatter, but it always has that connotation. So therefore, that was the basis for us last week for rephrasing this prophecy in verse 21 to read, God shall persuade Japheth. And Japheth is the son that goes the farthest from the point where they all started out in Mount Ararat in Turkey. And he travels to the ends of the world, and he becomes the people, the peoples of India and Asia and Russia and the Far East and Canada and the Americas. By far, Japheth is the greatest overspreader, as God said, in this chapter, overspreader of the world. So the prophecy here in verse 21 is that God will persuade Japheth. Very, very important. God, in other words, is going to track down Japheth all the way to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the world. And God's going to track him down and God's going to find him all at the ends of the earth. And when God finds Japheth, God shall persuade Japheth. He'll entice Japheth. He'll lure Japheth. And so, now why does God want to persuade Japheth? So this is the question. 
And the actual explanation for that is found in the most famous verse in the Bible. It's John 3.16. And where it says, as you all know, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, in order for us to really understand what's being said in John 3.16, we've got to set it within the context of where it was said and who it is said to in order to see what's really being said here in John 3.16. So the Lord Jesus Christ in John 3.16 is addressing according to, if you like to turn to that, that's fine, you know, but I know you all know it, so anyway. But John 3, he is addressing before this verse, according to verse 10, someone, it's Nicodemus, someone who he calls a master of Israel. That's how he identifies Nicodemus. He calls him, you're a master of Israel. Actually, he says, are you a master of Israel? You don't know these things. But anyway, he calls him a master of Israel. So here's the king of the Jews explaining to a representative of the Jewish people within the Jewish land of Israel. And what's interesting is what he doesn't say. He doesn't say in this verse, John 3.16, he doesn't say, God so loved Israel that he gave his only begotten son. No. And he doesn't say, God so loved the Jewish people that he gave his only begotten son. No, he doesn't say that in John 3.16. He doesn't say God so loved Israel. He doesn't say God so loved the Jewish people. He says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the word for world that's used there in John 3.16, the word cosmos, is the word that for world that has the most widest sense. You could not have a word in the Greek language that has a more wider sense than the word that's used here, cosmos, to mean all the inhabitants of the world. So John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible, typically it's the first verse that anyone memorizes from the Bible, and typically John 3.16 is described from the word so. In other words, it's explaining just how much did God love the world. He so loved the world with the explanation that that so means he gave his only begotten son. But really, we have to look at John 3.16 from a different angle to see what's really being said here. To fully understand John 3.16, we have to see it in its Jewish context. We have to see and keep in mind that John 3.16 was being spoken to the Jewish population represented by the master of Israel, Nicodemus. That's how the Lord called him. And it's the king of the Jews who's speaking to the representative of the Jewish people. So his statement to the Jewish people in John 3.16 is that God, as the God of the Jewish people, addressing the Jewish people, He's spoken by the God of the Jewish people to the Jewish people, but allows us to see clearly when we see this, the issue that's being addressed. What's the issue? The issue is, now let me speak as if I'm Nicodemus, as if I'm the representative of the Jewish people. And so I look at the Lord Jesus and I say, okay, now you are the king of the Jews. You are the Jewish Messiah. You are the God of creation. Because there's only one God. There's not a, a Jewish God and other gods. There's only one God of the earth. He's the God of Israel. There's no other God but the God of Israel. And we are the Jewish people. So you as God gave to only us, the Jewish people, the very words of God, which are the Bible. 
You as God gave to only us, the Jewish people, the building where you dwelt, the tabernacle and later the temple. You as God gave to only us, the Jewish people, the service of God, feast days and so forth. You as God gave to only us, the Jewish people, the Messiah to be the Savior. Now, here's the question that's on the table. This is the issue. Is God or the Messiah Savior really only for us Jewish people? That's the question. And so can you see how that's a very, very relevant question for the setting for the Jewish people at the time? And so is, in other words, is the words of God, is the Messiah, the salvation of God, only for us Jewish people? Is it also for the people of Japheth, especially these Roman soldiers who we didn't even know existed, much less what they looked like before they arrived on our shore? Is it, is it for them also? Is God and the words of God and the Messiah really only for the Jewish people? That's the question that's on the table. And that's what John 3.16 is answering. That's the answer. And the answer is a resounding no. That's the real issue that's being addressed in John 3.16. As he's saying, God so loved the whole wide cosmos. The God of Israel so loved the whole wide cosmos. Not just the Jewish people. And he gave to the whole wide world cosmos. Not just to the Jewish people, the Messiah, the Savior, the words of God. So, was this a surprise for the Jewish people to hear this? Well, it shouldn't have been. Because of the verse we're studying here in Genesis 9.27. Because this prophecy says, God shall persuade Japheth. So John 3.16 is really saying, God so loved Japheth and everybody else, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth, that whosoever among Japheth believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So what Nicodemus should have heard from John 3.16 and what the Jewish people should have heard from John 3.16 are the words of Genesis 9.27. They should have heard in John 3.16 the words, God shall persuade Japheth because God loves Japheth. And what the Jewish people should have heard was their marching orders, which were given to them in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, when he said, Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, all goyim, as the word is. Goy is not a bad word. Other words are bad, but goy is not bad. It means nation or nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So John 3.16 and Genesis 9.27 are the basis for obeying this command to go and teach and make disciples of all people. So why did he say, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world? Does that mean don't worry about your personal protection and your personal safety as you go into the end of the world to bring the gospel to the people? It means, well, it's not to say that that's not true also, but what this means is you going is how God is going to persuade Japheth. See? It means the Lord Jesus Christ as God is going to persuade Japheth, as it says in Genesis 9.27, through believers as they go and track down Japheth, even out to the end of the world, and then God inside believers, in this particular place, speaking to Jewish believers, 
and through believers will persuade Japheth to be saved. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Tom Cantor is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, and we have our Jewish Evangelism Outreach Campaign that starts today and goes on throughout the entire summer to August 4th. Now, we've got 110 missionaries going out, delivering Tom Cantor's life story on DVD and a combination book of his personal testimony, frequently asked questions, and prophecy and fulfillments. You can get these materials and support Jewish evangelism and we'll send you a copy of the same materials these Jewish people are getting in their hands. Help reach lost Jewish people. Call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. And for a donation of $40 or more, we'll send you these materials from Tom Cantor that we're reaching Jewish people with, 800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org to donate and support Jewish evangelism. Therefore, the calling of the Jewish people is not to keep the word of God for themselves, not to keep the Messiah Savior for themselves, but to go take the word of God and him into the world and track down Japheth and and let God persuade Japheth through them. So that's the meaning. And that's the meaning also behind the vision that appeared to Paul in the night when it says there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over. So you can picture this man with his hand. Say, come, come, come over here to Macedonia and help us. Now, Paul was on this right at that point. He was on the Mediterranean coast of Turkey. That's where he was. And he was intending to stay within Turkey until he saw this dream. And when he saw this dream of this man from Macedonia, or the same place it is today, the northern part of Greece, And he was asking him, he was begging him, just come over, come over. He had to cross some water. Come over and help us. And so Macedonia is one of the places where Japheth settled. So we can see this man in Paul's dream as a representative of Japheth. And he's asking Paul, he says, come over here and help us. That's the answer to the question, what do you think you are doing in evangelism? Helping people. That's helping them, helping them with the greatest help that they need to find God, to come to God, to have their sins forgiven. That's a big help. So now we can ask the question, what is Japheth's condition today? And if you like to turn to Romans 11, and Romans 11, which is actually one of the chapters about the Jewish people, Romans 11. But in Romans 11, verse 32, it's speaking, it's speaking here about all people. And it says in Romans 11.32, For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. So that word, that, that's a very important word, conclude, right? It's very conclusive. Mm. <laughs> it's conclude, yeah. It's very important. So the word conclude, so only God can make a statement. Like, only God can make this conclusive statement because he knows everybody. So he can make this all-encompassing, conclusive statement about Japheth's condition. What's the condition? All of Japheth is in a state of unbelief. God has concluded them all in unbelief. Now, anthropologists today, they don't agree. They look over the heathen cultures, and they justify those cultures. And men like James Michener writes his books on Hawaii and concludes that it's the missionaries who disrupted their content life, their, their pure, untouched culture, 
Of course, he never mentioned all those human sacrifices that the Hawaiians did to their god, Ku, but anyway, that doesn't matter. (laughs) So the anthropologists have concluded that the natives are fine. They're fine in their natural state. But God, to the contrary, has concluded them all in unbelief. If God views all of Japheth in unbelief, then that's how we should view Japheth, all in unbelief. So the question is, so, God sees them in unbelief. How does he view them in all in unbelief? Does God view them all in unbelief? Does he view Japheth in unbelief? So he can say, now I can send them all to hell. See? Does God view Japheth in unbelief so that he can sit back and say, you had it coming, it serves you right, as he casts them into hell? If that's how God views Japheth in the world, then... That's an issue. But the key to seeing how God views all of Japheth in unbelief comes from the word all, which is used twice there in Romans 11.32. So the first part says God hath concluded them all in unbelief. Very encompassing. Then it says that he might have mercy upon all. So the verse does not say God concludes them all in unbelief so that he could judge them all. But when God sees them all in unbelief, God, God doesn't say, okay, now I can judge them. In other words, God sees them all in unbelief, and he says, this is great, because they're all in unbelief, so now I can have mercy on them all. Isn't that wonderful? But really, we have to look at John 3.16 from a different angle to see what's really being said here. To fully understand John 3.16, we have to see it in its Jewish context. We have to see and keep in mind that John 3.16 was being spoken to the Jewish population represented by the master of Israel, Nicodemus. I look at the Lord Jesus and I say, okay, now you are the king of the Jews. You are the Jewish Messiah. You are the God of creation. Because there's only one God. There's not a, a Jewish God and other gods. There's only one God of the earth. He's the God of Israel. So the anthropologists have concluded that the natives are fine. They're fine in their natural state. But God, to the contrary, has concluded them all in unbelief. If God views all of Japheth in unbelief, then that's how we should view Japheth, all in unbelief. That's what God's doing. He says, they're all candidates for salvation. That's wonderful. All sinners. That means he sees them them all as sinners. He sees them all as candidates for salvation. And he says, and that's exactly what I want to do. I want to save them all. God says, wouldn't it be great if I could just have mercy on all of them? That's That's his position. So that's why this, that's the second conclusion of Romans 11.32. See, the first conclusion is they're all in unbelief. The second conclusion is I want, he wants to save them all, have mercy on them all. So that's how we should see the world. That's how we should see Japheth in that way as sinners. All outside, all those outside of the Lord Jesus Christ are in a state of unbelief, and therefore they're all targets for God's interest to have mercy on them and save them. So... In Genesis 11.32, the truth that he might have mercy upon all is what the prophecy of Romans 11.32 is the truth that he might have mercy upon all is the prophecy of Genesis 9.27 when he's by the word persuade. God shall persuade Japheth. That's why Paul described what we do as believers. And if you would like to turn to this in 2 Corinthians 5.11, it speaks about something we know. And because we know this, it talks about the effect that it has on our life. It it talks about what we do because of what we know. 
He says in 2 Corinthians 5.11, Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. See, God shall persuade Japheth, and we persuade men. It's what we know that causes us to go to such lengths of persuasion to get lost Japheth saved. You know, think about it this way, Holocaust time. We know where those train tracks end. We know that they're not just going to work camps. We know where those train tracks are ending in gas chambers and ovens. We know where those train tracks end of a life without the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that those train tracks of a life without the Lord Jesus Christ end straight in the eternal misery of hell. We know that. And that's a terror of the Lord. That's described as the terror of the Lord. And because we know where those train tracks end, we do everything we can to join God in Genesis 9.27 and persuade Japheth to be saved. We bring the lost to the Lord Jesus Christ because we know where those train tracks end. So beyond Romans 11.32, how else does God view Japheth? Now, if you'd like to turn to John 10.16... The next part, for how else does God view Japheth beyond Romans 11.32? Now this verse, very famous verse, very important verse, John 10.16, with several parts to it which need to be looked at carefully. It says here, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Again, This verse cannot really be understood unless you see it within the context of the Jewish setting here. First, notice that what he calls Japheth, he calls Japheth the other sheep. And he explains Japheth are not of this fold. So what is this fold referring to? That's the Jewish fold of believers who he's speaking to there. The other sheep are the Gentile believers, for the most part Japheth. So he identifies them as other sheep. Then he says, I have. He says, notice how he describes the other sheep by saying, I have. And he's saying that he possesses them. He's saying they are his. And that's how it is that he says in John 17, 12, speaking on the subject of possessing them, he says to the Father, those that thou gavest me, I have kept. So he has those other sheep because they were given to him by the Father. He possesses them. And there's a very interesting statement that when he went, there's a whole chapter that's dedicated to this in Luke chapter 15. Perhaps you'd like to turn just to that. Luke 15. It's a whole chapter dedicated to this, really several things. But one of them is the fact that he possesses. It's a very interesting statement in Luke 15. You remember the, it starts off by talking about the 90 and 9 sheep and the one that went astray. And the, the shepherd he leaves the 99 sheep and he goes out and he finds his one lost sheep. And here's how he put it. He says in Luke 15, 4, he says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep and one lost sheep, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his neighbors and his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep 
which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Isn't it interesting that the shepherd tells his friends and his neighbors when he comes home, and he says, rejoice with me, and then he says, I have found my sheep. Another wonderful day of Bible teaching here on Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Tom Cantor is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, and today marks the launch of the 2015 Summer Blitz campaign going out to 14 U.S. and Canadian cities with 110 Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries with Tom Cantor's materials of his life story, as well as his Frequently Asked Questions book that answers 34 of the top questions that Jewish people have, and 194 prophecy and fulfillments of the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and of course, his written personal testimony. That's given out to the Jewish people. We'd like to give you a copy of that for a donation of $40 or more, which supports this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism campaign that launched today. Now, get your copy of these materials by calling us now at 800-247-3051. Again, a donation of $40 or more will get you these materials, 800-247-3051, or you can go online to donate and support Jewish evangelism at friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org, friendshipwithgod.org and israelrestoration.org. Now, there's got to be a group of believers who will stand up and say, no, never again will a Jewish soul slip into a Christless eternity. And all of the believers who have some part in that are going out on the summer blitz with our 110 missionaries from Israel Restoration Ministries who believe the Jewish people need to be evangelized and reached. Support Jewish evangelism and get Tom Cantor's DVD and his three books in one combination book for a donation of $40 or more, 800-247-3051, Reach the Jewish people. And again, for a donation of $40 or more, we'll send you all those materials from Tom Cantor, 800-247-3051. Or for more information, go to israelrestoration.org. Thanks for listening.